Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. In this age of COVID-19, it's common to hear people who are being extra careful joke that they are so OCD. But obsessive compulsive disorder is no laughing matter, and it involves a lot more suffering than many are aware. On the line to shed light on OCD is Ethan Smith, a national advocate with the International OCD Foundation, and Dr. John Sonnenberg, licensed clinical psychologist at Uptown Research Institute in Chicago and principal investigator of an OCD clinical trial. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Dr. Sonnenberg, can you tell us what OCD is and what are some examples of behaviors that are often associated with OCD? Absolutely. What OCD is not is just being clean and neat. What obsessive-compulsive disorder is, is a cycle of obsessions, which are intrusive and unwanted thoughts, impulses, and images, and compulsions, which an individual engages in behaviorally to try to reduce the distress caused by the obsessions. And this creates a cycle that an individual will engage in, and it can really begin to take over their life. The diagnostic criteria requires about an hour a day being uh, dedicated toward obsessive-compulsive behaviors, but you'll find that most individuals are spending most of their waking hours in some form or another engaged in this. It can be things like cleanliness, but more often it's things like checking and rechecking, and often it's intrusive thoughts that can feel uh, inappropriate, that the individual doesn't feel like they own but come in and they experience them and they try to get rid of them. And it's important to recognize that individuals with obsessive compulsive disorder have a debilitating condition that requires diagnosis and treatment. How are those with OCD diagnosed? Well, it would be nice if we had a blood test or an x-ray to do it, but we don't. It's based on rigorous review of symptoms that an individual is having currently and has had historically. So we piece it together. And that's why it's important if one feels that they might have some of these symptoms or somebody who they care about might have some of these symptoms and they're disruptive and disturbing to the individual, then you want to find out by contacting the healthcare professional about whether you have actual obsessive compulsive disorder. Now we have a website OCDtrials.com, which provides a lot of important information about obsessive compulsive disorder, gives access to testimonials from individuals who have experienced it, and um, also links individuals to resources. It also allows a link to the clinical trial that we're doing around the country that we hope, if the FDA approves it, will be the first new treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder in 20 years that uses medication. Ethan, you were diagnosed with OCD. Can you tell us about your experience of having OCD, your evolution with the disorder, and how you're doing today? The earliest I can remember is probably when I was five or six years old. I was in kindergarten. They were teaching about an eclipse, 
and uh, that you shouldn't look at the sun or you'll go blind. And my immediate thought was, oh, my gosh, what if my mom looks at the sun and goes blind? Didn't want to leave her side, stay with her for three days, making sure she was okay. That was sort of my first remembrance of an OCD thought or symptom. And from there, it just progressed. By the time I reached high school, uh, I was carrying thermometers around with me every day, taking my temperature hundreds of times a day. My OCD had kind of shifted and morphed into health anxiety, and it really just made school difficult. At the age of 14, I reached a diagnosis. However, I didn't find the proper treatment till I was 31, so that's 17 years. Unfortunately, that is a common statistic. It can take, on average, 14 to 17 years for individuals with OCD to get a diagnosis and treatment. By the time I got the proper treatment, I was 31 years old. I was living in my parents' guest bedroom, completely debilitated by OCD, unable to eat, unable to drink, and very much just existing and not living and functioning. Fortunately, at that time, uh, we found evidence-based treatment, exposure and response prevention, and after engaging in treatment for about a year, I started to get my life back. And not only get my life back, but live a life I never thought was even possible. So uh, that was about 12 years ago. You know, there's no cure for OCD right now, but OCD is chronic. But it by no means has to own your rule, rule your life. Have lots more good days than bad. You know, sometimes the OCD thoughts are still there, but they no means dictate uh, my behavior. So I, I feel very grateful to be where I am and be able to advocate. What are some common myths about OCD? Yeah, great question. You know, the first common myth is that it's just a personality trait, that it's quirky or cool or it helps with something. It helps clean my desk. It helps keep things organized. First of all, individuals with OCD do not want to be doing their compulsions. They are torturous. They are exhausting. They are debilitating. There's no ounce of fun in them. We feel like we have to do them to either gain some sense of certainty or make the discomfort and anxiety and feelings go away. The second misconception is that OCD is just about hand washing or germs or neatness or cleanliness or checking, when in reality, and Dr. Sonnenberg pointed out, there are a multitude of mental uh, rituals and compulsions and obsessions and it can revolve around being a good person, being a bad person. What if you did something wrong or right? Or it can be a variety of things. So this idea that it's just hand-washing and just cleanliness, though that is a part of OCD. And finally, we really just have to dispel the stigma that, you know, people can be so OCD. We have to think of OCD like a, a, a disease and a disorder because that's exactly what it is. You know, you wouldn't say to somebody who has no hair, I'm so cancer. Even saying that out loud, it sounds preposterous. And that's the same with OCD. We can no longer say I'm so OCD because it is a debilitating disorder and disease. And we have to make a safe space for people to be able to talk about it, to come out, to seek treatment, to seek help, to be able to disclose their thoughts with comfort and hopefully create awareness so people can access treatment. That's why OCDtrials.com is so important. The work that Biohaven is doing to um, not only raise awareness and give resources, but to uh, operate this clinical trial for individuals to check to see if there's a potential drug, a new drug treatment for OCD. I know Dr. Sonnenberg can speak more to that. Dr. Sonnenberg, how do those like Ethan learn to live with OCD? It's not easy. The first thing is you have to recognize what it is. And until you understand what you're dealing with, it's very difficult to make strides. Then you have to find a center or an individual or a clinician that really understands how to treat OCD. Not just anxiety disorders, but really the obsessive compulsive mental loop. Evidence-based treatment works. It's behavioral. It's hard work. It takes a lot of effort. But individuals, like a young Ethan, have these opportunities to gain knowledge about the condition, to gain access to treatment uh, methods, and if fortune favors us, we'll have a new treatment 
or if the, and the FDA favors this too, we'll have some new treatments for people like Ethan in the next few years. So there'll be more options from a pharmacological standpoint as well. Like you said, there are hopes around research being conducted on a potential new treatment option. Can you tell us more about that? Well, yes, it's been my pleasure over the last year and a half to be doing this study. The study's being done nationally, although my site is in Chicago. And it's really been my pleasure to work with this population. The, the OCD population is, while it's an equal opportunity condition, I have found the patients that I have worked with to be uniformly bright and intelligent and motivated and aware and humorous. So it's really been my pleasure getting to work with them because in clinical trials, we're really partners. Yes, I'm called the doctor in my clinic, but I'm working with the patient to try to determine what are the new options. And it's a really wonderful opportunity for patients to participate. Obviously, being in a clinical trial, we want to monitor health outcomes and we keep very close tabs on individuals, uh, probably more rigorously than you would find in a typical clinical setting. And that's our pleasure and our privilege. At the same time, we have to determine whether a medication works or not. So sometimes we have studies where there's a placebo arm, and sometimes we have studies where there's an active arm. Fortunately, in the particular study we're doing with Biohaven, there's both. So an individual would potentially have the option to try the medication for the better part of a year. And while there's no guarantees, it allows us to move the needle forward, advancing both the scientific understanding and the patient experience. And Ethan, how can someone participate in a current clinical trial near them? Where should they go to get more information? Yeah, absolutely. You can visit ocdtrials.com, and there you can find out if you meet the study criteria. You can fill out a form and be connected to a site near you to find out more if you can qualify for this trial. Thank you so much for talking with us today and sharing this important information. No, thank you for having us. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.